Ready, set, shape. The ShapeShift podcast is brought to you by Shape, the most powerful mortgage software with everything from texting, lead management, a dialer, LOS integrations, and over 5,000 other apps to help LOs take more deals from new lead to close loan. Hello and welcome to the Shift into Shape podcast. Gosh, I got to figure out a better name for it, but that's what's rolling off of the tongue at the moment. Today we have Kevin Benner. Kevin is the VP of Business Development at Shape, and his main role is really to grow Shape. And the way that he does that is by helping uh, tech and referral partners maximize their own growth, use the system in the best way, help with efficiencies. And we're going to get right into it. But before I do that, I guess like... How would, what would you add to that, Kevin? What do you do? How do you, you specifically help? Well, I mean, ultimately my goal is to drive sales in shape and to drive users in shape. And we, we do that one through tech partners in helping them uh, integrate their technology uh, into shape that provide value adds for our clients. And then the other is through, through referral partners who, whether it be a consultant who's looking to grow their business or drive a different revenue stream and has a need or a client base that has a need for our product, or it could be a, a lead generation company or another marketing firm or another tech, technology platform that has a similar client set that is looking to grow their business. And we try to find ways to partner together and, and grow each other's business while also providing value add for each other's clients. I just went to a mastermind where mastermind about how to make the momentum builder community uh, an event, a real go-to for the mortgage industry. Now this isn't a mortgage podcast, but I'm very heavily involved in the mortgage industry and everybody in the mortgage industry has a CRM and has a lead management system. Some people use a spreadsheet and they're super weak, but Mm -hmm. most people have something. And I told people like, hey, I work for Shape and we slay the competition. I mean, we just absolutely run circles around this this uh, CRM system, this lead manager. I was like, okay, well, well, what does it do? And I'm like, I mean, like, where do you even start? You know, I super mean, simple. I think. I think the easiest way to explain it is that is in a uh, best of practice, all in one sales and marketing automation platform. I love this because I think I went down that 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 avenue. Why? How? I already have one. Sure. One may be a very good lead management system. One may be a very good CRM. One may actually, you know, be able to take uh, one segment of the sales funnel and do a really good job. I think what Shape's been able to do is take the entire sales funnel and do a very good job with all of it. And in this marketplace, especially in some of the industries we're in, being able to minimize your tech stack while still being able to provide that entire you know workflow that is needed to convert your opportunities is something that we do really well and a value add that we bring to all of our clients. I 100% agree. And it's so hard because it sounds like such a sales pitch. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like a cliche. It just sounds cliche. We're an all-in-one you know, solution. But it's true, though. The it thing is, is true. What, what if it's true? What if it actually does all of the things? Like, for instance, a prioritized view. Only one s- system does that really well, but it does everything else, I would argue, oh, terribly. And it's super expensive and clunky to, to do. What if one system does, you know, keeps all of your notes in one section and does auto drips really, really well while the other ones don't? And like, but but this one does it. What if mm-hmm. it's a phone solution as well? So, okay, all in one, 
tech stack. Yeah, minimizing the tech stack. I think that's a great, everybody's cutting costs right now in the mortgage industry particularly. But look, we're headed into a recession. I would say every business is going to be trying to cut back in certain ways. And one of the things people are going to look at is going to be their tech stack, their solutions. What are they doing? What can we get rid of? And, and what, what can't we do without? And, and, and one of the ways to do that is to minimize it all into one system. And by the way, I just got to say this because I didn't say this on the last recording I did. Shape is $99 a month. I mean, it's like cheating, I would argue. So how does it minimize the tech stack? What are the solutions that it provides that people are spending hundreds of dollars on in several different, with several different technologies? So it's going to be able to take those leads, prioritize them in a way to maximize conversions, and then walk those leads through a contact strategy that's going to maximize conversions. It has a CRM. So it's going to be able to take those relationships that are built over time and those funded, you know, those closed sales. And then those, you know, if you're buying leads, 95% probably are not converting. What are you doing with them? Most people are just letting them sit on the floor until they buy them again in three months. Your majority of your funding, your bar, your closings, regardless of your industry, are going to come from the remarketing. And that's something I think we do really well. Uh, not only that, but it's pre-built. We have, I think, 53 different drip, drip campaigns pre-built in each of the industries, almost 1,000 templates, whether it's email and text. We have proven conversions on each of those, those uh, campaigns. It really allows for our clients to do really well in a competitive environment because it's it's already built. It's already optimized. Can you configure? Can you, you know, customize your workflow? Absolutely. But out of the box, ready to go. Doesn't matter if you're a, a two-person loan officer shop or a thousand-person bank. You already it already comes, you know, with best practices. And I think the, the the advantage we have is that a lot of our competition, in order to get to that, you have to hire a consultant or you have to have an internal staff that's going to be able to spend three months to build something that's already pre-built in our system. We're literally going to break down everything that you just said in, in this, in this show, just start with drip, like expand on that. What does that actually mean? Like, cause I'm thinking drip, drip email, drip campaign. Every campaign could be a, could start at a different status. So you have a new lead that comes in uh, and you're going to want obviously phone calls, you're going to want text messages, you're going to want emails going out and a drip campaign would be a uh, collective of all of those over a given period of time, as long as a certain status is met. Once it, it leaves that status, it may start trigger another drip campaign that runs off of that one until it moves further down the sales process. The benefit to having them pre-configured and pre-built out is that a lot of organizations don't have the marketing department or the, the expertise to be able to configure appropriately drip campaigns that will convert anybody can throw email together, anybody can throw text together, but especially loan officers, but I would argue real estate agents, insurance agents, financial planners, we're all like AAA type personalities. And like, look, I know the way that's the best way, you know, but really you freaking don't, I'm sorry. But like, until you have the data of, I was talking to Danny earlier, she was talking like, billions of lead records is is the data set yes. if you had a access to a billion lead records specifically in regards to when's the best time to call how do you call and what do what drives contact rates up 
what emails resonate the best with a client in this status? What emails resonate the best in this status? When's the best time to call a referral partner? When's the best time to follow up with a referral partner? How about a, 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 how many contacts does it take to convert a lead to a closing? If you had a billion lead records and knew exactly what that was, and then you could organize and program your system in a way that optimizes when the loan officer is calling, when the text message is going out to optimize conversion, I would argue your way might be great for you and great. You can customize stuff. Sure. There's certain things that certain people do that like that don't are done other, other places, but if there's the perfect time to call, that's the, that's that there's a perfect time to call. If there's a perfect time to text, there's a perfect time to text. And if you can organize your lead management around what actually is the best, I would argue just that alone, you could out of the box, just do it that way. What, what I guess, why not? What would be somebody that says like, I don't, I, I don't want to do it. I want to do it my way. I think a lot of people like, like to think that they can do it their way, but reality is that you can only manage so much with your, with your mind. There's only so much that's going to stay in your head on a daily basis. There's no limit to the amount of data you can throw into your system and it will remind you constantly, you have to call this guy now. You have to send this one. You have an appointment now. This person just responded to email. All right, it's this person's birthday. Like all those things can be automated that saves you time and allows you to do what you do best. If you're a closer, that's what you should be doing most of the day, closing. You yeah. shouldn't be looking through your Rolodex trying to figure out who's the next person to call this. God, that's so great. That's money. I, I would say that and, that, and you're talking about lead management and a priority view. In your words, Kevin, what's a priority view? Organizing your Excel spreadsheets into a way that will get your leads to convert faster. There are people that will look you square in the eye, Kevin, and be like, look, mm -hmm. it's all on my Excel spreadsheet. And there are even people that are worse than that. They will say, "I it's, it is, it's all off of my memory. Dude, are you kidding me? Can you imagine how much better you could be if you had a system actually organize this? And dude, Just, yeah, your memory's top notch. Great. I believe you. Awesome. But not a chance compared to a computer. What impact would that particular individual who did everything from memory, what impact to his life would it be if he could close one more deal every month? What impact would it have on their life if they didn't close any, any more loans, but they just got all that mental space back? Yeah. I mean, that's really what you're doing is you're freeing up your day so that you can, again, focus on what you do best. Like, don't waste your time. Let's take a, uh, an email campaign. You're not going to send 300 emails at the exact time that you need to send them. Automate it. Just, you know, it's going to get done. And then that, when that person responds, then you now you have an engaged person that wants to talk to you. Spend your time with them. Let the system, let the, you know, the computer do the rest and take care of it. I mean, we're moving into a, a world, everybody talks about AI and ChatGPT and, you know, how the world's, you know, the, uh, AI is going to do more and more. Well, guess what it is? It shouldn't scare people in the, in the way that I'm going to lose my job. It should excite people in the way that I'm going to be able to do my job better and I'm going to be able to do it more often and I'm going to be able to close more deals and make more money and because I'm going to be able to automate those tasks that don't make me money. Don't get me to the end result that I want. And I can waste no time on those because my system can take care of it for me. Well, hundred percent. And two things that that came to my mind right away was first off, like I, I work out at a, at a at a at a gym called F forty five, and here's how it works: you show up in your workout clothes. You show I show up literally late, like I'm I'm a minute or two late. But but basically, the the, the first minute is the trainer is telling you what we're gonna do, 
and you show up, you start your warm up, and on the screen in front of you, it's the people doing the workout that the trainer just told you to do, and you just get in, you do it, you get it done, and in 45 minutes, you have your ass kicked and workout complete, and you've left. Put differently, I don't go there to think. I don't want to get to the gym and think, okay, well, what weight should I do this time? Should I do, is this a leg day? Is this a, a, a an upper body day? Is this, should I go on the treadmill? How long should I do it? By the time two hours has gone by, you maybe have done 45 minutes of work, but more than likely not, and you've socialized and you've taken selfies in the mirror and you've done all these mm -hmm. things. It's like, look, don't make me think. Don't make me think. And the loan officer, the realtor, the financial planner, the medical sales rep, the whatever it is that's using shape doesn't have to think. The priority view, it's a list of people right in front of you. Maybe it, you used to do an Excel spreadsheet, but like that gets chaotic. And how do you know what it is? How about if you don't have to think, you turn on your computer, you log into shape, and maybe it's already logged into, and you call the first freaking lead. And then after you're done with that, you call the next call one, the and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. You call through your entire list, and guess what? You've done every single thing that you can do that's optimized in a way that leads to actual real success based on data, not based on what you think it is. Absolutely. You gave it, that was, that's actually, I'm, I'm going to steal that analogy because that's the greatest analogy in the world is to work out at the gym because you don't think you just do and you get results. And that is lead management. Just like show up, do, and the results come. Show up, do, results come. Yes. Don't make me think. That, that's 100%. And, and, and this another analogy is, is that like, for instance, most people that execute on a high level, they don't make lots of decisions in a day. They save your, their decisions for the big things. So like all of them wear the same thing every single day. Barack Obama wears a blue tie every day. Mark Zuckerberg, gray shirt. Gary V puts on his freaking hat. You know what I mean? Is you know, mm -hmm. so like because if you have way we have all these decisions to make, which person to call next, what client to follow up with next, in the order of what what how am I going to go through my pipeline in the right way? What what who are the pre-approved and lookings that I need to follow up with? What are the realtors that I need to follow up with? And I know I'm being more mortgage centric, but it's this is for everything. Every single mm -hmm. client that you ever have, every single person you have in process, who is the next person that you need to call? Thinking about all of that is just so draining. And then you worry, did I even do it? Yeah, and that that goes back to like just consistency. I think every you had mentioned a lot of great names you know the, the commonality between one of the commonalities between all of them is that they are consistent consistent in their approach consistent in what they do every day they take their steps they work out they they do it every day religiously and that's what breeds success i mean you have to stick to something you have to be consistent with it in order to be great at it baseball players great baseball players aren't great baseball players because they show up on a Sunday and want to play baseball. They do it every day. So getting into a lead management system, you're know, working, if you're in a sales environment and you don't have the tools, you don't have the system succeed, you're really succeeding out of pure luck or really lots and lots of wasted energy and too much effort to accomplish really not enough results. So, okay. And you mentioned, mentioning AI and how it will eliminate jobs. I think that it will expose the people that were operating off of what you just said. I happen to be really good at sales, but a lot of times I just get lucky. Like I, I tend to say, I tend to tell people like, man, I can do a lot just off pure charisma. You know, I <laughs> just throw myself into the situation. I'll figure it out until you meet somebody that not only has charisma like you, but is executing at a disciplined high level. 
you're going to be exposed big time. And I've walked into rooms where, wow, they're a pro. I'm an amateur. And my charisma of just throwing myself at it and working and figure it out as I go doesn't really stand up to someone who is like a Kobe Bryant or like somebody that is, you know, I come into the gym at 4 a.m. and I'm done before you even show up to your first workout. And then, oh, by the way, I have a, I have a second and third and fourth workout. You have one workout a day. Five years from now, I'm going to be so advanced and, and ahead of you. But that's the thing. So to talk about lead management and priority, priority views the people that leverage technology and leverage AI are going to be the Kobe Bryant's when you're just showing up being whatever you're not, you didn't even make the team because yep. charisma doesn't work. Sales doesn't work. If you only get three at bats and the person leveraging technology gets 300, who's going to win? It's not fair. It is not fair and it's not made to be. And the person that does leverage it isn't playing to, make it easier for you. No, they're making it easier for them to destroy the competition. I want to walk through a contact strategy. So you you were talking about that, kind of going over the the, the, the uh, overview. Uh, it, people don't understand a call strategy or a contact strategy. I think that that's a high level lead management kind of term. What is it and what is the best way to do it? So a contact strategy is just as you, is the ultimate is just to get the person on the phone. You know, how am I going to communicate with this borrower? One thing you don't know whenever you get an opportunity or most likely do not know is what is their desired method of communication. So you need to cast in the beginning at least a, a wide enough net to be able to find that. What is it text? Is it chat? Is it email? Does he like talking on the phone? It's like, what is the best method to communicate? Once you find that, and then you can drill onto the drill into that and get that person to close. Great. But a contact strategy is really trying to have, you have lines in the water and you're trying to figure out, you know, what's the tuna going to hit, uh, going to hit on it today. That's really what a contact strategy is. And, and is there a perfect one? I think, no, I think it depends on the organization, depends on the industry. It depends on a few different things, but in general, you want to have a contact strategies to dictate enough upfront early stage attempts at communicating um, so that you can be ideally the first person they talk to. We know regardless, everybody knows it. The first person somebody talks to, I think it's like 70% of them are going to convert with that you know, sales rep that they, uh, that they speak with. So being that first person is important. So you need to get, whether it's a uh, an initial outreach, lead comes into your into your CRM. I mean, we have communications with people in some industries and they're like, oh, if we call the person within the first five minutes, I, I feel like we did our job. And I'm like, you already lost because, you know, those after five minutes, your conversion rate goes, it starts deter deteriorating really bad because your competition's already talked to them. hundred um, percent. And, and you're, you're kind of getting at, does your call strategy, does your contact strategy, does your st strategy in general align with what works and what works best? Because yeah. you're right. Like if I called in five minutes, check the box, that would be your way. But what if your way isn't the best way? And it takes a humbling of a CEO. It takes the humbling of a, of a top producing loan officer, top producing realtor, top producing insurance, whatever it is, recruiter. It takes, it takes you to say, to look in the mirror and say, I don't know everything. And I'm going to trust that the way that works based on data is the way that I'm going to do it. And that's tough to do. 
so I guess here uh, talking about that, how do you shift somebody's mentality from I know what's best to here's the data, just do this. That can be difficult. A lot of it's a culture thing uh, for an organization that has to come from the top. There has to be a, a belief from the top that what they're, that this focus, this method of sales is, is the way it, and it works. If you don't have a buy-in from the top, it's very difficult to make it work. And if I think once you do that and create a culture where there is a, a need and desire and, and a must to follow a, a call strategy, I think the, the rest follow in line pretty, pretty quickly. And then I think it's very easy because in very few situations, if someone buys in just for 30 days into an actual contact strategy, an actual lead management strategy, very few of them are going to perform worse than what they did today, what they're doing today. Yeah, and I would argue too is that you'd actually see some really great results. So on yes. on that uh, on that level is that a lot of these decisions are made by by the head, by the by the top of the funnel, the CEO, for instance, or the leader of the team, whether it be whatever industry. And some of them aren't even calling the leads. Some of them they have dialer to put 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 into that particular role. So how do you sell that to the person that's actually making the calls or here you're making the calls and maybe you did it a certain way how do you sell like this is the right way to the team again it's just numbers you have to you be able you start you have to start with what is best practices from for your industry what is, you know use the numbers in regards to first contact speed to contact and then i think it take i mean it takes over itself uh, if you get, once they get working into that, it, it doesn't take much for someone to buy in when they have three times the number of conversations they did the day before. All right. How much time does it take for someone to become a believer? Like, Hey, Again, I, look, I, I yeah. don't want to do this. I, I, look, leader, you're telling me I got to call this priority view. I got to do it in this order. Look, you're telling me I got to do it. All right, fine. I'll give it a try. How long until generally speaking, does somebody become a believer in? All right. I was doing it my way. I didn't think this was going to work. Now I clearly see this works. It can happen pretty quick. Like in previous life, I had, I did marketing for a mortgage company and um, we had a new contact cadence that we wanted to set up and there was pushback. And we asked, I asked a few of the loan officers, just give it a week. Just try it. Just do what I ask. Let's see how, what happens at the end of the week. And they had their best week ever. And it was an easy buy-in. After that, once they came in, no one complained. There was, oh, they can do it. Anybody can. Right. So it was, it's usually a pretty easy buy-in as long as you have that direction. And I think ultimately it's, it's a culture thing. You have to have, I think it, success breeds success. And if your culture and your sales culture is to work a system, work a process, maximize conversions, maximize your, your ability to, to convert. And it comes in at the early stage from, you know, whether it's training or whether it's onboarding new, you know, new sales reps, if it comes in from a culture built from the top, that all comes downhill really, really well. And then it's easy. I mean, once they get in and start working it and they start seeing positive results from it, that it sells itself. You're right with that too. I, I would say too, the, if you make it easier on the person doing the work and it increases not just their productivity, but their closing rates and they make money off of that. I mean, you're right. I don't, I can't see how that long it's going to take for me, like to go, to go back to, to working out analogy. I only wanted to work out twice a week when I started out working there, working out there, but I ended up doing, it built my self-esteem right away. I felt good. 
I just went, yeah. I did it, I got it done. I was like, wow, I got my ass kicked. I feel great. And and then I, I set a goal for two a week and I ended up doing four a week because it was easy because I didn't mm -hmm. have to think because all I had to do was show up and it like I had to work, show up in my workout clothes. Sure. But like you're already showing up to work. You're already have a phone in front of you. You already have your computer screen there. Why not make it so that it's literally a screen in front of you where you just follow what to do? So I want to move on. I want to talk about remarketing. Danny was telling me this. It takes an average of 17 contact attempts to get a closing across yeah. industries, all across every industry out there based on billions of lead records, meaning a lead went into the system. It took 17 tries before that became a money in the bank type of type of a situation, a closing, a sale, a whatever it is. Talk about remarketing because I think a lot of people really struggle with, and I did this too. I, I and I, I I knew this going into going into it, and I had to figure out ways around it to make a solution. But a contact is not a sale. If you go from an uncontacted lead to a contacted lead with nothing happening afterwards, that's not a win. Deeper with that with loan officers, especially right now, it's not even an application is a win. A pre-approval isn't a win. Like you can have a thousand pre-approvals out there, but if none of them get to a closing or during the process, they fall off, that's not a closing. That's not money in, in the bank. So talk about remarketing and effectively squeezing all of the juice out of people that you already have made contact with. Absolutely. I think one of the, with regards to remarketing, really all you're trying to do is keep the pulse of that opportunity until they're ready. They weren't ready when you initially spoke to them for one reason or the other. They just started looking for a house or they haven't bought a new car yet or they're doing something that was for, you know that wasn't allowing them to say yes. So you remarketing really is keeping yourself top of mind with them often enough so that when they are ready to say yes, you're the one they think about. Um, I look at pre-approvals, depending upon the market you're in, you could be in a pre-approval stage for a while where you can be looking for a house for a, a long time. You know, too many loan officers, it's a chase to how many pre-approvals can I get? Well, none of that matters if you're not nurturing those opportunities. So when they do find a house, you're there and you can provide the loan. 100%. And every any loan officer can, gosh, relate to that. How many people have you followed up with finally six months later and said, oh, I closed a I closed last month? No. Oh, yeah. You know, my realtor, they had a person and it was just easier. I just worked with that. You know, you were already pre-approved. I already ran you through underwriting. I had all, all your docs. What do you mean? And of course, I mean, it doesn't take many of those before you just like, okay, well, congratulations. I mean, what can you say? You can't say anything. And then you have to, you know, go look yourself in the mirror. Like, how did I mess that up? Well, I didn't follow up in a timely manner. Well, it I got lost in my Excel spreadsheet. It got lost. Yes, it got, I, I relied on my memory to follow up, you know? Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many, how many times does that happen? So, okay, what's the best way? So you were kind of, you were kind of hinting at, maybe you weren't, but I, this is what I heard is that maybe there's too much, maybe following up too much is a bad thing too. Like, is there a specific amount of time that should pass between when you're contacting? Is there a time that's too long? What's the sweet spot? So I think it depends on the status, it depends on the type of, of the industry. It depends where in, the, where in the sales cycle they are on how much, obviously when someone is, you know, goes from a hand raiser to a, a I'm ready, uh, you want to start leveling up and speeding up that 
that communication as, as they get closer and closer. It's just being able, you know, trying to identify that. And I think one of the beauties of Shape is that through the billions of leads, we've developed a remarketing strategy that every one of our industries use, that we use internally as our, ourselves, that works and that helps maximize conversions. Is it perfect? It's not, nothing's ever perfect and it's constantly evolving yeah. to optimize on that, but you need to start somewhere. And I think too many don't have any, any strategy for remarketing their people outside of, I have a half hour today. I'm maybe I'll call a couple of people I haven't talked to in two months. Gosh. And, and that half hour is on Friday at three o'clock and like, eh, actually I'd rather just go home. And like, that's generally what's going to happen. Or it's the end of the day on a Tuesday and you're like, man, I'm exhausted. I got my ass kicked all day. And I don't want to do this anymore. And, and and a lot of things can be automated. Like you don't even have to pick up the phone. It could be a text yeah. message, an email, whatever it is. You mentioned billions. And Danny told me billions. Is it really billions? Like billions with a B. Not millions. Not hundreds of thousands. Billions. It is. Wow. So like based on a billion tries at it, this is what works. Yeah. And just growing every day. I mean, we constantly are taking data. I think one of the greatest things in our utilization of, of AI is something that came out a while ago, not super new, is uh, our lead scoring AI. Just like a lot of different systems will have like uh, lead scoring, uh, whereas this is my ideal client, client profile, and I'm going to add five points if this loan amount is this size, or if they open an email, I want to, I'm going to add some points. And it's, that's all great and dandy, but it doesn't necessarily optimize the conversions. It's like an ideal profile, but it, is it right? And what the AI uh, lead with our what our lead scoring does is it takes those characteristics of closed sales and identifies ones that have commonality, and then as it sees early funnel opportunities that have a similar commonality, it bubbles those up to the top. That I think is something that no one, no matter how great their memory is, no one can do. No one can understand. You know. 75 different or a hundred different characteristics of a particular lead quality that are identified as something that, oh, this person's not a hand raiser. They're going to close soon. That that's like a priceless value. There's no value. You can't put value on something like that. It's just I mean, it's priceless. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating to think about, about that because you were talking about like, here. First up, a lot of people don't even know what their ideal client is, but what if you could put plug AI into it and take, okay, what are your hundred last closed clients? What is the same out of all of them based off of 80 or hundred data points. And what if during the process you realize, and here I did this manually to myself. So like, for instance, call attempts, I had my assistant at one point look at my last two years of closings. And I figured out, I asked her, I was like, on what call attempt did we make first contact and that where it led to a closing. And I was calling, I think 15 times at this point before I would give up which is too many. I figured out that only one closed with call attempt 12. The next one was call seven. So like every single time, other than one instance, after me calling a lead record after seven times, only one time did it result in a closing and it wasn't worth it. It was a total cluster. I should have not called it. I should have not closed it. It would have been so much better for me to have just given up on seven, but it was worse than that. It was only like, I think one or two were on seven. I think it was one. And then there's, I think, one at six. I don't think there was any at five. And then there was a couple at four, a couple more at three, way more at two. And then like 70% like more was call one. And that's the type of thing that you learn 
when you actually look at the data and it surprised the crap out of me because here I am thinking like that. And then I literally, I changed my entire call strategy. I'm not calling after six. Why? I'd be better off exactly. really optimizing and following up with people that are actually like in my funnel already than just wasting all of my time leaving voicemails for people. Imagine if AI could tell you based on all of your past closings, what I did on a very micro level on how many calls to make. Imagine if it was doing that with text. Imagine if it was doing that with credit score, with loan amount, with real estate agent picked out, with area that they're looking in. Imagine if it figured out that this is your ideal customer based on this. And by the way, this is the ideal strategy. Yeah. And it just makes, it's all about working smarter, not working harder, accomplishing more in a shorter period of time. 100%. And then innovation, you mentioned that. Man, it's got to constantly be changing. I, I'm sorry, but the way that you did things in 2020 can't be the way that you did things in 2023. And too many people are doing things the same way that they did them in 2012, or 20, 20, 2013 rather than 2023. And I'm sorry, but it, did it work then? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was the most perfect way to do it in, in, in 2013. But I'm sorry, man. It's just gone through so many renditions that the best way to do things is not that same way. If you're not innovating, you're doing it the old way. If you're not taking new data and adjusting your approach, you're not doing it the best way. You have to constantly be changing. And it is an evolution. And you have to be ready to change. And if you don't, somebody else is going to change. Somebody else is going to innovate. And they're going to beat you. And it's and we you know you had mentioned too it's like different industries. I'll give you an example of a, of an insurance industry. I spoke with an insurance agent uh, the other day, and we were just talking about his, his book of business and how many policies does that book of business equate to? And he's he said, well, that's roughly about ten thousand policies. I'm like, okay, well, how many does the average person have? He's like, about two. And he's like, so you have five thousand clients? And he's like, yeah. And I, how do you how do you keep up with them? He's like, I don't. I just hope they stay with me, because right. he has no ability to manage 5,000 clients while still growing his business, unless he automates it. 100%. So, all right, Kevin, we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk I just, we we're scratching the surface. Scratching the surface. Yeah, we just, absolutely. we really, every single time. When you do a demo with someone that's considering shape, what are the top three things that shape does as far as a solution that their CRM doesn't? I think the number one thing I value add that I think Shape has is its mobile application. Very few of our competitors have a fully functioning mobile app. Um, something that you know I can do pretty much anything I do on my desktop, I can do on my phone. And in some industries, it's imperative that they be able to do things on their phone because they're not in front of their computer all day. Um, whether you're a solar installer or an insurance agent or an accountant, you're on the road, on the on, you know, having lunch, having, you know, meeting with people in person, being able to have access to that data in your phone is so important. And I think that puts us way ahead of the competition in many cases. You can do everything from the from the mobile app. I think that that's uh, mostly everything from the app. And that's just, I think, anything that a lead caller is going to do. Imagine if, hey, I'm driving to a closing that's an hour away. Imagine if you could do your whole call session, leave all the notes, mm -hmm. have it all perfectly done for you on your way there. And then, hey, follow up with people and do your theme day on the way back. Okay, so that's one mobile app. What's two? I think the fact that it's out of the box, fully built in. It's ready to go using best practices. The up the the amount of time it takes to get in and using shape is so short. There isn't 
Let's have onboarding uh, four days of onboarding calls and and scope out what this build out is going to look like, and then give you a check and or give you a bill and let you know how much it's going to cost to uh, to build this out and get it the way you want. It's there to worry day one. It's already figured out what is the best practice, what works in your industry the best. Out of the box, here you go. No three hundred fifty dollar an hour setup fee, and you have to spend a hundred hours doing it. Gosh, we are like two hundred hours in, really, and like that's not even like. I'm just a loan officer team, you know, with five employees, you know, imagine if it's like a huge thing. So anyway, that, okay. So that's one and two. What's number three? I think just the simplicity of the, like the UI. It's like, it's so easy to use. It's dummy proof. You get in, you go, you start working you, and you're, and you're done. You know, like you said, uh, you mentioned before about the gym, you get in, you get out. And all you worry about is, you know, doing your job and doing what the system tells you to do. And you're, and you're, and that's it. Rest takes care of itself. And you get it done. You check the box. Okay. Those are great. Top three things. Okay. So, Hey, I work for shape. Oh, what does shape do? Oh, well it's, you know, it's CRM. It's lead manager system. And it just freaking blows everybody out of the water. Why shape? What does it do? Why would I consider shape as a lead management solution? You'll close more business. It's a, it's a fully automated system to take your opportunities and push more of them to close regardless of the industry is dummy proofing your your sales process but here you uh, close more business i think it yeah. really is just that simple and it sounds so cliche but that's just what i'm talking about it's just like how do you say it and not sound in something like i've heard before when we stick in mortgage i think there's a lot of systems out there that do something really well i agree there isn't anything else out there that says outside of shape that does everything really well i agree yeah, out of the box, it's it's there. Okay, final question is that sure. what are you most excited about for the future? So like what's coming to shape that's just going to blow everybody's socks off? There's a reason I'm here. And it's because there is just just isn't anything like it. Like this the 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 organization, the opportunity, the the product is amazing. Um very few uh of our competitors have a roadmap, let alone are innovating. And I think from a technical, well, I know from a technical perspective, there are innovations coming out that are gonna be game changing, that are going to automate virtually the entire process for the sales rep, that are going to create just so many efficiencies uh, from a sales perspective, that are gonna take the things that we do really well, like I mentioned before, you know, like. Like sixty-five percent of our of our clients that we use shape with come from our remarketing and retargeting, and um, I think that speaks volumes. You're right; it's everything in one. At like, and it's not even like it's a B level at everything. Everything is a. It's actually better or the same as the best. Final words, Kevin. Put you on the spot. Final words. You know, maybe I've drank in the, you know, the, the Kool-Aid, but, uh, you know, I think that this, this product, this, this, you know, shape is an amazing, amazing product. That's only getting better. It's only growing. That's only going to add functionality to make, to encompass truly an all in one include, uh, sales and marketing platform. And I'm ready. I'm excited for this journey. And, uh, and this is, this is going to be a fun ride.
Brother, I love it. All right. So uh, in closing, uh, if you've listened to this and you've taken some value about this, maybe you liked it, maybe you hated it. If you could do me a favor, can you shoot us a rating and uh, maybe make a comment in the rating about what you liked, what you didn't like? That'd be super helpful in, in what we do to create more content. All right. Thanks for the shape into shift, shift, shift into shape, shape shift <laughs> podcast. We'll figure out what, 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 what's the best. Thanks, Kevin. Sounds great. Jimmy, thanks so much.